Welcome to our transformational journey. My mission is to inspire you to travel along with me while helping you find your purpose to create your own success so you can fulfill all your dreams to designing your own happiness. Good morning, everyone. This is Renee. And today I wanted to talk about something that I endured a decade ago in some years. In 2001, I did what they call gastric bypass surgery. At that time, I was dealing with a lot of health issues. Nothing really seriously dramatic, but I knew at that time it would get worse as I got older. So I decided to do something about it at a young age while I was still young enough to hopefully, by the grace of God, bounce back and uh, just live a little healthier and be healthy. At that time, my highest weight was 324 pounds. I'm 5'11". I was wearing a size 26 in women's clothing. And um, I thought at the time that my weight was never an issue because there were never no low self-esteem issues or anything like that because I come from a family of, um, you know, full-figured women. And, you know, you can't tell my family members, my the women in my family, that they're not beautiful because they are. You know, they just not don't have an hourglass shape, but they're beautiful on the outside. Flies can be, love to dress, very clean women. So we were brought up being taught by my mother that being a big girl was okay and you have nothing to be ashamed about. But for me, as I was getting older, my health was starting to be affected by my by my affected by my size you know my knees were constantly hurting and um, my back was starting to hurt I was wearing a 46 double d and bra size so it was things were starting to occur at the age of let me say about 35 and um walking up and down New York City train station stairs didn't help and just so many other things that was occurring that I started to kind of reflect on this weight and you know um was trying to do something about it in my you know earlier age with going on diets and and diet fads and stuff like that um did the Atkins diet uh did the fat burning um taking pills over the counter and Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, um, yeah, I did a few things, and um, some of the things were successful, you know, I, it's just the problem that I had was within myself, was sticking to the diets, you know, like with Jenny Craig, her food was so good, but it was small proportions, so I would buy the food for the weekend, then you would have to buy extra food from the grocery store to go along with the meal plan, so it was costing me an arm and a leg, and at that time, I wasn't making much money, I was working as a police administrative aide in a police department, um, NYPD, and so my money wasn't that great in being able to you know, take care of myself and my son at the time because it was only my son. 
And it didn't help the fact that I was eating the food before the week was out because I'm not going to lie, Jenny Craig food was really, really good. I enjoyed it. They had a cheesecake swirl, Mm, 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 mm. but it was a little tiny slice. Man, I would buy like maybe five of them and eat two. You know what I mean? So it was things like that. And um, Atkins diet, the Atkins diet was pretty good. But um, consuming all that meat and taking all the meat and vegetables and not taking in any carbs wasn't working really well for me with my stomach, you know. So, but I did lose weight. I did lose uh, 80 pounds one time from, I think, from off the Atkins diet. Then I yo the yo-yo thing going up and down, up and down. And uh, Weight Watchers was nice and it was okay. But I found, you know, maybe I think I only went three times. And I really didn't really uh, commit myself um, to go like I should have. Because, like, my first two visits, I felt like um, the people there had built a rapport with each other, connected connection and they were you know in the first you know earlier the meeting before we would get started everyone is asking oh how's your family how's your husband did your daughter get married this and that that and this and it seemed to go on a little bit too long so it was just seeming like you know what I really didn't come here for that so which would probably have been a beautiful thing now that I'm thinking about it at that time I didn't care for it but it probably would have been so helpful because you know each one there was like helping coaching each other and hey they shared this common um interest was you know to lose weight but I didn't see it like that then so it was my fault not connecting and not taking advantage that all it had to offer. So I just got turned off. But that was on me. Um, not to say that it doesn't work because we, as we know, that a lot of people had lost weight from, you know, going to Weight Watchers and the meetings and stuff like that. But the gastric bypass surgery that I decided to have, uh, me and a friend, we did a research and um, she did it before me and we did like a year research and it was called uh, the duodenal switch and I had it done at that time out in uh, Staten Island University Hospital and the doctor that kept popping up at that time was, um, I don't want to mention his name because he's no longer in practice, so it it doesn't even matter about who he is because he doesn't do it anymore, but his name kept popping up at that time, and um, it's a lot of research that I think people need to do, first of all, when they decide to do the surgery, and just even questioning yourself um, the reasons why you're doing it because, you know, you, you would have, I had family members that was kind of appalled at the fact of me making that decision to do it. And I also know that they were concerned about my safety as well, because it was major surgery. Um, they weren't, my doctor wasn't using, uh, liposcopic, um, surgery at the time because the technique hadn't even came out yet when I did it so he I was going under the knife um have a scar to prove it so and it's not a bad one it's not bad at all um but that decision where you know I had friends and families you know kind of questioning me like you're beautiful you're funny you know you just you're all that and I never thought that I wasn't all that it's just that I was really not happy with the way I seen my life was going 
and my mom at the time was a you know was a big woman always been a big woman and I seen how she struggled as a kid with her weight and constantly going on diet you know and salad and you know to the point where it was just like so uncomfortable from for her as I was witnessing and watching her you know going through her her issues with weight so as I got older and I was like I don't want to do what my mom you know was going through I don't want to go through that so I'm gonna have to do something about it then I questioned myself am I doing this for vanity reasons which you know that had to had to you know something that grows across your mind am I doing this because I do I not think I'm cute do as a big girl do I not and that never really came to mind I've always thought I was beautiful and I've been um had the weight off since then my um weight now is 174 I will not go past 174 and I don't know what my doctor did but he did a damn good thing because I eat and I have not gained any weight back and I'm happy at one time I was a little annoyed because I got smaller than what I really wanted to be you know being my height at uh, 5'11 and to me my ideal weight would have been at least 185 or or 190 you know give me a little hips and butt but it didn't go that way so be careful what you pray for because you just might so that alone too I had to come to terms with because I can't gain any weight now so I deal with the fact that I'm a size 11 12 which everyone's goes well that's a good size but with my height it makes me slimmer looking than the average maybe 5 8 5 6 girl where it may give her a little bit more hips a little bit more butt a little bit more breasts a little bit more curvy you know what I mean so I'm not curvy like that at all but I've learned to live with it and I'm happy because of the fact that my be my knees and my back doesn't hurt as much as it used to you know the damage was already done for the years of carrying that weight on but it's nothing like how it would have been at the age of what the age I am now at 51 if I would have still been 324 pounds you know what I mean and because I live and both body size, it's so amazing how different people treat you as, as, as well. You know, I've experienced being the big girl um, all my life. Well, not all my life, half my life. And how people look at you when you're a big girl. Like, I would get on the, you know, go to a restaurant and would be eating something. And somebody may not know, you know, people don't know you may not have eaten anything all day. You know, they don't know anything about you. And just because of your size, you would get a look like you shouldn't be eating a burger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone quickly judge you as you should always be eating a salad because of the fact of your size you know what I mean and that's first of all that's none of your business that's number one you know two you know don't be so quick to judge someone and have your little opinion about what how someone should live their life that's that's number one and you know now being a small girl if I get on the train and decide to take a bite or a piece of my food or whatever no one never looks at me twice not to say that you don't have slim, greedy people. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Their metabolism is just different. They don't gain the weight. But, you know, they eat every day. I, all day, you know what I mean. But as being a big, uh, a big person, you get looks like you should never put food to your mouth, you know. And, and I remember an incident one time. Um, I was taking. Uh, I had took my daughter to the pool over here in Central Park, and um, you know we were going. We were at the lunch, the 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 you know where they serve the food and everything, and we walking out to go sit at one of the benches. And this big girl, she comes down, she's just a baby, she's about, maybe about 17, and you know, she's with her little slimmer friends, but she is confident, you know what I mean? She had on her little bathing, her all-in-one bathing suit, which was really cute, and but it was fitting. You know what I mean? But she was feeling herself. And if she was comfortable in her own skin, who had to write to make her think that she shouldn't be? You know what I mean? And this lady well, was with her daughter who was sitting at the, you know, at the, the, the little table benches, um, picnic benches we were sitting at. And she turned to me just because of the fact that we both the same race. And she said, Lord have mercy. Now she should have looked in the mirror before she put on that bathing suit. And I was appalled. How dare you? And then you say it in front of my daughter and her daughter. You know what I mean? Who are you, you know, to say something about that young girl putting on her bathing suit? First of all, what else was she supposed to wear? Because the pool had restrictions. You couldn't come in there with a t-shirt or shorts or anything. So you must wear a bathing suit. Okay. So you're saying, and this is what I said to the lady. So you're saying that she shouldn't have put on a bathing suit because you're uncomfortable. So the lady was not expecting that response to me. If she like it, then you should love it. You know, what is your problem with her in this bathing suit? Just because she's a big girl. If she's comfortable enough and she's comfortable in her own skin, who is anybody else to make a comment and say that she shouldn't come swimming? Because the only way you can get into the pool is wear a bathing suit. Okay? So she looked at me. You know, and her daughter looked at her. My daughter looked at me. You know what I mean? Because first of all, um, yeah, I don't. I don't do good with backing down to people, especially when I feel that you're wrong about something, which was none of your business to begin with. You know what I mean? And she's a young girl. She probably already have her own little issues, but still have the confidence enough to feel that she is just as good as the next slim girl. You know what I mean? To put on her bathing suit, because guess what? Guys like big girls too, believe it or not. All right. Um, so she looked at me and she was like, well, I'm just saying, no, you didn't just say anything to be honestly truthful, my sister. You know, that's the problem. We're so quick to tear each other down. And even if regardless of what race she was, she's a woman and she's confident in her own skin to wear that. So if you don't like it, turn away. But don't make a comment to try to, you know, and, and bring that down to the next generation, meaning your daughter and my daughter hearing this. So anyway, you have a good day, you know, and I walked away, but I was totally pissed, you know, again, for living, you know, for having both worlds, lived in both worlds, you know what I mean? The comments that people make about big women, size 16, 18, 20, 24, I am so glad now that they have full size models. Oh my goodness. 
You know what I mean? Especially when they're young. They can go ahead and deal with that and know that long as they don't get too big and exercise and, and be healthy and still eat healthy, but can still have some thickness on them. It's fine. It's okay. You know what I mean? And um, those experiences has, you know, even now, like I said, I'm 170, 174, um, again, 5'11", and people not knowing you know, because my body had adjusted to, you know, my face. Because when I first started losing the weight, I looked sick. Oh, <laughs> boy, I think my neighbors, when I was getting on the elevator, was just looking at me and, and smiling with sympathy. Because, you know, you I was losing the weight so rapidly. And, I mean, it was coming out really, really quick. And it almost looked like I may have some type of disease or illness that was just you know I was about to disappear and be gone from here and I understood that my face got longer looking and it just didn't look healthy you know and even I was concerned at the time because I had to question myself because you think you prepare yourself for this this weight loss you know I went to groups in Staten Island where you know they had people who had did the surgery come and talk about their experience and um, I went and I listened to, you know, some good stories and some horror stories, you know. But what I got at the end of each one of these people who had gone under the surgery said that they would do it again because they were so much, you know, so happy with losing the weight and being able to do the things in life that they couldn't do because they had so much weight on them. And I'm talking about people who were like 500 pounds and things in that nature in which, you know, I may have been only 324, but still I was big, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, so I did that and go into the groups and stuff like that, me and my girlfriend, and she did it maybe within February. I waited another year before I decided to do it, and um, I want to see her outcome first, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, especially since she the one introduced me to it and told me about it, and she was doing the surgery before me, so I was, you know, aware of all the things that was happening in the different surgeries, so I just jumped on the bandwagon with her, and um, I said, let me see what happened with her first. So, you know, she lost the weight. She was coming down and things in that nature. And she had sleep apnea, which I didn't have. And some other things going on with her um, that she need to, needed to take care of first before even having the surgery. So, you know, I was just there to help support her and still do my research because I was still unsure. You know, and then when I mentioned it to my family members that once I decided that I was doing it, was going to do it, you know, my my <laughs> nephew said to me that I was in denial of our family heritage. And I said, uh, denial of our family heritage? You mean um, denial in being fat? That's what you say. <laughs> so all I could do was laugh at him, you know what I mean? But not laugh in his face like that because he was dead serious when he said it he had no smile on his face and he was really serious that is part of our family heritage being fat because we had this assumption in our minds that we are big boned people yeah mm-hmm. yeah our skeleton bones were bigger than the average person yeah so it's okay to carry all this weight on you mm-hmm. okay yeah 
So I'm not going to even go into that. And then uh, my niece had told me that she heard a story where someone had did the surgery and their stomach blew up because they ate too much and didn't realize they were full and kept eating. And then their stomach blew up and they died. And um, I couldn't find a case of that as I was doing my little research and, you know, okay. So only person that at that time who gave me the support that I wanted was my mom. And my mom said to me, she said, um, baby, I, I know what you're feeling and I know what you're going through because I struggled with my weight all my life. And um, it is no joke. And you know that things are going to occur with this weight on you as you're getting older that you can't, that you have, you can try to prevent if you lose the weight, but it's hard to lose this weight. So I understand what you're saying. And at that time, my mom was in a wheelchair. Um, and because um, her knees had given out and arthritis had set in from over the years of carrying her weight for so many years. And um, she said, you know, you know, baby, go for it. If that's what you feel in your heart, you know, and I told her that it was major surgery and, you know, and it's, it's a life-threatening thing. It could be, you know, but I'm, I'm confident and I'm feeling good about it. And I feel like God wouldn't have told me about it and led me to this doctor and Cindy. And, you know, his success rate is higher than, you know, his casualty rate, you know. Not too many people had died underneath his watch as far as doing the surgery. And um, I'm really confident with this doctor. And when I spoke to him and I told him my concerns and things in that nature, and he was like, I can do this, Miss Eddie Blindfold. You know what I mean? He says, I am really sure with looking at your health records because I did the heart stress test. Every test that you can do, I did it just to make sure that I was strong enough and that I can get up off that table. And I wanted to make sure that my uh, my medical doctor was okay with it, which he ran a lot of tests on me as well. And he cleared it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And my mom said, well, baby, if this is what you're feeling in your heart, when you go into that operating room, you take Jesus with you. And Jesus is going to be covering that operating room, covering that doctor, and keeping you strong. And, and while you're under, you're going to wake up. And sure enough, did. I'm here. And um, that support I needed. So anybody else and everybody else who was saying negative things, I was like, you're obsolete. And my mama said it was okay and take Jesus with me. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm working with. So it was a success for me, you know, and I would advise anyone who's thinking about doing it to really do your research and look up the different procedures because I've came across people who didn't even know what procedure they had. They just kept saying gastric bypass and that's the, the, the surgery, but there's different procedures, you know what I mean? Like the one I had was called the duano switch, you know, where they removed half my stomach and made it the size of a small orange juice glass. No dumping syndrome, you know, if I overate, I got really, really sick. So, you know, and then they had the ruined wire at that time, which I'm quite sure they have so many now. I haven't been keeping up with the different, um, 
procedures they have as far as in, in gastric bypass surgery. But I would advise anyone to take the time to really, really look it up. Go to some groups and hear other people talking about their experience and um, things like that. And, you know, and try to prepare yourself as much as you possibly can. Because for me, even though I thought I did, it still was a life dramatic change. Because once I did the surgery, I still didn't have in my mind that you lose your taste buds. Um, Things that you like didn't taste the same for a few months. Um, You couldn't eat a few. I couldn't eat solids for the first couple of weeks. Um, The smell of eggs or looking at eggs was grossed me out or um, ground beef or any shape, form, or fashion of meat with blood. It was like, oh, what in the heck was I eating? And it just tastes funny. So um, as time went on, I remember going out with my girlfriend who um, who had introduced me to it. And we had went to this um, restaurant over on Broadway. I can't think of the name of it. Um, Shark's Bar. I think it was the Shark's Bar. And we were having dinner and I was looking at her. I know that she had to see it. I was hating her at the moment. I was so freaking mad at her because I felt like she didn't disclose all the information like she was supposed to. And now I can't eat. Well, you little crazy little skank, you, you didn't tell me all this. And I am hating you right now because you are able to eat a steak and enjoy it because she had had already had a year in. So... (laughs) And I remember trying to, I don't know what I ordered, but just trying to get a little bit down. And she was looking at me. And I guess my look, sometimes my face expressions can't, I can't hide it. I I express on my face what I'm feeling at the moment. If I'm annoyed, you'll know it. If I'm angry, you'll know it. If I'm happy, you'll know it. So I'm really not good at faking my expressions. So she looked at me and she said, Renee is going to be okay. You're going to be able to eat again, girl. You are. I miss chewing. Can you believe that? Can you believe that the fact that you can miss something that you thought was just, just, you just take for granted, like chewing? I couldn't chew my meat or taste my food as I was getting getting better so now the the weight is really coming down off me so now I'm at a point where I can eat solid food but I'm not even enjoying it and then when I did start to enjoy I wasn't chewing it like you're supposed to like chew 32 times or something like that I was so happy at the fact that I can taste it that I was like two four times and swallow no, girl. Mm-mm. Your stomach is like, <laughs> what are you doing? You are throwing this meat and solid food on me like this and you didn't chew. Well, guess what? It's about to go down because you're getting ready to bring it back up because, yeah, you're getting ready to get sick. And it was the type of, I can't even explain. You would get a, a all of a sudden feeling flushed, heat, sweating, And you had to bring that food off your stomach. And it was 
disgusting if you don't like bringing your food back up, which most people don't like doing. But for me, it's even worse because I can't stand it. It's gross to me, but I, you had no, I had no choice. So I sat across that table looking at her like, you did not tell me everything. And I told her this, you did not tell me everything. How could you have kept this from me? And you know what I mean? We were doing it together and I was helping you. And then you just not disclose information that was so important for me to know. And you didn't tell me and you're supposed to be my friend. And she said, Renee, if I would have told you, you wouldn't have did it. And I thought, I know your situation wasn't the same as mine because I've hated my weight. Which she was never a big girl. She got big years later. So she remembered being a slim girl. Being the size, her ideal size. And you know, where I always was a big girl. Always. So it wasn't to the extreme of what she was feeling. So she says, I should have told you. But at that time, I thought it was best not to tell you. But I promise you, you will be able to eat again. And I was like. Looking at her off the table, I swear I could have punched her dead in the head if I was a violent person. Because <laughs> I was so annoyed with her. And I was just like, man, I can't believe this. I can't. I, am I ever going to be able to enjoy food? Am I going to be able to taste and chew? And, and yes, time went on, you know, and I was able to get back. But then I had a situation where... I became pregnant too early and um, my doctors told me that I couldn't carry the baby because my stomach wasn't healed fully and um, I didn't know that you become fertile myrtle when you did this surgery. I heard some women mention it but I didn't take it serious because I wasn't the type that was like fertile and get pregnant really quick because my first pregnancy was at 29 years old with my son and I can't say that I was doing things to really to be safe and not to become pregnant it just never happened so at one time I thought I wouldn't have any kids and then I was in an extreme uh, bad car accident when I was at when I was four years old and it was told by my um, told to my mom by doctors that I wouldn't have any kids so um, and that's another story because one time I thought I was pregnant and to find out that I really wasn't but the mind plays such a serious game with you to make you believe what you really want to happen that is you know but that's another story so I had already in my mind that it wasn't ever going to happen so when I got pregnant with my son I was thankful and I just thought it was just going to be this one child but after the sur- with the surgery, I got pregnant within the course of healing, and the doctors told me I couldn't keep the baby. It was life-threatening, so that I had to get rid of the baby. So that was devastating for me, devastating, devastating. You have no idea. Um, to the point where it was so dramatic for me that I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was crying all the time, and my best friend at the time, uh, Missy, um, was there for me, my little, my confidant, who also did the surgery, uh, the gastric bypass surgery, and she didn't make it. Um, she went to a different doctor, a hospital, and I tried to convince her to go to my doctor, but the hospital she decided to go to was doing it laparoscopic, 
and she was saying she wouldn't have a scar like me and I was more concerned was these people was these doctors um able to perform the surgery and make sure that she would be okay and I didn't I didn't think so because liposcopic had just came out and like anything else I feel like sometimes people are used you know somebody has to be the first to to be experiment to see if it works so um unfortunately um from what I understand they put a esophagus twisted back inside and um my girl didn't make it and um so again, uh, you really need to do your research in and de- just do your research and take some time with it. Don't rush it. You know, if you can give yourself six months time to a year to really investigate and know the doctor that you're dealing with and even meet some of the people that he worked on. Like I met with my doctor, everyone that was in that room when I went to group, went to the groups and, and went for the, the, you know, the speakings and their experience were all done by this one particular doctor that I went to. So I felt comfortable enough to know that he had worked on so many people and transforming their lives, you know, and they were happy. So, um, yeah. So, um, again, just making sure that you do that. And um, now we're so advanced in technology and um, so much more aware of this surgery because from what I understand, gastric bypass surgery just happened to be something that they were removing cancer from off of uh, people with stomach cancer and removing the cancer from that part of the stomach or wherever the cancer was at and removing that part and finding out that when they did that, that people were losing weight from it. So my understanding is that gastric bypass surgery came from the um, discovered by removing cancer from the stomach from what I was told back then. I never did an extensive research on how it came about, but that's what I heard. So if that's what you want to look up and find out if it's true or not, that's on you, but that's what I heard. So, um, yeah, and um, it's been a really, really great um, experience that I have um, with losing the weight. Am I happier? Yes, I feel so more, so much more energetic. Um, walking up and down the train station stairs, I'm nothing. I'm 51 now, 51 years old now. I move around, I get around without no problems. Um, I'm not diabetic. I don't have any heart problems. Um, there's no arthritis have set in my knees or in my back or anything like that. Um, only problem that at one time, like I said, was getting smaller than what I wanted to be, which I'm so over that now, um, due to the fact of at that time when I was got this small that black men seemed to like women with a little meat on their bones and I wasn't getting as much as play as I was getting when I was heavier, believe it or not. And um but now I'm at the age where I don't give a damn because <laughs> I got my life, I got my money, I have watched my children grow. Um, I'm happy um, just being able to be where I'm at. The wisdom that has set in where I'm comfortable with dating me. So you go right ahead if you want a girl with a big old giant booty and all the breasts. Hey, you know, I've learned that 
men even when they have women like that they're not even faithful and happy and doing the things that they're supposed to do with that woman when they have her and I'm not saying all men so don't get me wrong I'm not tearing men down not in any shape form or fashion so I'm just saying that I've learned to embrace and love me at the size I am now and extremely happy you know like I said when I was younger when I first did the gastric bypass I end up getting pregnant after that pregnancy that I had to terminate because my mind would not rest in peace (laughs) with the fact of having terminating that baby I had to replace that baby back and um so I know what it feels to to lose a baby or having a you know to to have a miscarriage even though I didn't have a miscarriage but I had to terminate I had to for life reasons for myself you know, so yeah, I have a 14-year-old daughter now, and um, when I got pregnant with her, that's another story, she sucked the life out of me because I had just healed, and I wasn't quite fully, it should have took a little bit more time, but I was 38 when I became pregnant with her, and um, once I was told that it was a little girl, there was no way that I was even thinking about terminating. I was not even, even before finding out, once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, whatever's going to be, going to be. Because I'm having my baby and, um, you know, it just was the icing was on the cake once I became like three months, four months, and then I was told it was a girl. So, yeah, so she was taking all the nutrients and everything from me. So I was still losing weight as I was pregnant with her. So that was something dramatic as well, because like she was supposed to have been born on my birthday, which was July the 29th, but she came on, well, she didn't come. They actually took her because they felt like she wasn't doing that great in this last trial semester. So they took her on July the 15th. Um, I went in for my routine because I was high risk which I had to go three days a week to the doctor and make sure she wasn't under stress. And on that 14th, um, I came and they was like, you're not leaving. We're taking her tomorrow morning. She's under stress and we have to take her now. And I was like, no, you can't take her now. That's going to make her cancer. <laughs> my doctor said, what? <laughs> yeah, my man is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I want a little Leo. On, especially born on my day. And the doctor said, I don't know what you talking about, Renee. And she just bust out laughing at me. But this baby is about to be a cancer because she's going to be born on the 15th. And um, because she's not doing well and we feel like she would get enough nutrients and stuff on her own. She's fully developed. She doesn't have any problems. Again, she's just a little under stress. So we're going to take her now. So she was born and she was 5'5", five, five, borderline preemie. And, um, yeah, no problems, no issues. And for me, once I gave birth, I was a size zero. I had lost so much weight and I did not know it because at the time of being pregnant, it was all baby and she was taking every bit of nutrients and everything she could get from me. And once she was born, I was skin and bones okay I looked in the mirror when I got home and just cried butt naked in the mirror and was just devastated at what I was seeing 
and her father came up behind and was just hugging me and saying, I'm beautiful and I'm okay. You're okay. And I was like, look at me. I have never been this small. I couldn't even imagine ever being this small. It was a size zero, size one. And, um, as you know, as the time went on and the weight came back on and, um, you know, again, not going past size 11, 12, um, 174 pounds. And, um, I was eating and I was eating and I still eat because I still have in my mind that I need to keep what little weight I have on me because I will drop down to 172 and you can see it, believe it or not. You say from 174 to 172, that's not a big difference. But it is when you're slim already. So I eat constantly and I'm, I'm happy with being the size 11, 12. You know, now I am. You know, I, I couldn't say that I was when I first got to there because I thought that I can get up to at least the 13, 14. But now I'm stuck at 11, 12 and I'm fine. It's okay. So we have to learn to embrace ourselves and be careful what you ask for because you just may get it. And learning to accept people for who they are and respect people for who they are, regardless of their race, size, religion, um, sexuality, and things in that nature. We really need to embrace each other and first of all, realize that we're the human race. You know what I mean? Because if any aliens came from another planet, I'm just saying, we would forget about color, religion, and everything else and would unite to try to kick them off our planet, especially if they don't come in peace. Okay? So, yeah. Try to keep that in mind and keep that concept to know that we need to get along and stop judging people and stop thinking we're better than someone because of their color, their size, their height, their weight, whatever the case may be. We're the human race. So with that, I'm going to end and everyone have a blessed day. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. I'm going to come with a little bit more information next week. I think I'm going to talk about LinkedIn. All right, then. You have a blessed one. Bye-bye.